Welcome to the first double-digit episode of The Howl. My name is Zach Linfield, one of your public address announcers and play-by-play broadcasters for this upcoming season. About a month from two days ago is when I am moving over to Duluth. It'll be hopefully a smooth ride, about 12 hours from the city of Ann Arbor, and hopefully the roads in Minnesota are nice to me. I heard that they're quite bad in the winter, but they're the same way here, but I don't think there's going to be too much snow or ice on the ground for that drive. But for this episode, we have two Missouri Tigers joining. It's Ben Peterson and Caden Griffin. And one of them is quite the familiar face to the Wade. And we're going to learn what it means to him to come back and play at the same stadium that he'll be playing in in the summer. And also, we'll understand how Tommy John surgery has affected this pitcher because both of these guys are pitchers, but we're not going to tell you who's who quite yet. But welcome to episode 10 of The Howl. And let's get into it with Ben Peterson. Missouri Tiger from, well, Duluth, played at Wade Stadium. I have Ben Peterson with me, and Ben, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you, Zach? I'm good, and I certainly appreciate you taking the time out of your week to, you know, come on to the Howl and talk about all things about yourself and how you fare on the baseball field. Um, I understand you guys had a game canceled here today against Missouri State. Um, What's your season been like so far down the SEC? Because I understand that you guys are playing a full schedule. Yep, playing the full schedule has been a been a huge blessing this year, getting back into sort of a sense of normality again. But, you know, a bit of up and down type of season. Definitely had some uh, good games, shines a light. But, uh, you know, a little bit of in a little bit of a skid right now. We got Georgia this week to, to turn it around. And you are a pitcher. So how has it been – how has your feel been so far on the mound this year? I'm not sure if you played summer collegiate ball last year or you kept active with baseball in the summer. But – I'm assuming your freshman year, you got to play a little bit at Missouri. Um, but how has it been to feel, that, you know, get that feel back out on the mound already this year? Yeah, I mean, it's great to be out throwing again this year. Uh, I was actually lucky enough to get a little bit of a summer ball season, even though it wasn't the, the traditional one that you will see. It was sort of a thrown together league out in St. Louis that really wasn't a like an amateur league. We had a mix of you know, any, anywhere between D3 Juco or a top 10, you know, White Sox prospect playing a league. So it was pretty interesting to pitch in there. And, you know, one at bat, you're going, you know, just trying to execute everything perfectly while another one can be a little bit more relaxed. But, you know, definitely when, when you let your guard down in that one, you can get, uh, you get stung pretty good. But, you know, it was a lot of fun just to be able to keep playing through, you know, sort of the lockdown. And from what I understand is that you are a relief pitcher. You come out of the bullpen. And you have to make a contribution in, you know, a different way from what a lot of people may think normal pitchers are. You may have to come into a situation where there's already guys on base, you know, and then it's easier to pick up a win and a loss that way, especially in close games. And the statistics of being a relief pitcher really don't show how talented some of those guys are. But if you could walk me through what it's like sitting in the bullpen and then you get a call, you know, from the, the skipper or whoever it is down to the bullpen. What kind of goes through your head, your mind, and your body when, you know, you get that call that you have to stand up and start warming up? Yeah, I mean, uh, I started throughout all, uh, all of high school, so I didn't really have to deal with that a whole lot. And then I uh, got to college, and, you know, it, it's sort of an eye-opener a little bit on how quick you have to get ready, you know, keeping keeping your head focused in the game. You know, high school usually aren't a pitcher only, so got to figure out how to stay focused for, you know, nine innings, five days a week, which mm-hmm. I mean, it's a great step working towards, you know, the next levels of the game. But uh, sort of our routine with it is we have a, a system where we're warming up that you use two baseballs, one in the glove, one in the hand. And, you know, you got to be able to get hot and ready to go. And, you know, they, they say under three minutes, but you're, you know, sometimes getting about three pitches in the pen if yeah. it's a really ugly situation. But, you know, just trying to trying to make your throws count and feel as good as you can when you have to go to the mound. And let's say the manager walks out there and he takes out, let's just say the starter, and he takes out the starter and you only get those two or three pitches in. And, you know, but let's just say he gets hurt. He gets hurt and all of a sudden you have to go right away. How important are the secondary pitches once you get onto the actual mound on the field? What, what is your approach when you take those? Because you might not have time to warm up in the bullpen. Yeah, I mean, the, the biggest part for, you know, a situation like that is get, making sure I've got one of my offs to be working. I mean, I can I can pitch pretty effectively just with a fastball and my slider because my slider is my my best off speed. I've got a pretty well above average whiff rate on that one. So as long as I've got my slider, I'm really comfortable on the mound. And I, when I've got time, I'll work in the changeup too. But you know, 
close, uh, close situation that I don't have a whole lot of time, you know, get the fastball down, get the slider in the zone and we'll work from there. And now talk to me what an off season is like, what is an off season like, especially for, let's just say a pitcher, but I know you're a relief pitcher, but I'm sure a lot of the things are the same. Maybe you don't work on stamina as much. Maybe you just work on your velocity because you come in and you just blow guys away with your fastball or like you said, your slider, which I'm assuming has got quite a bit of slide to it. You know, it's why it's called slider, but what is an off season like for you? What what are the things that you do to keep your arm fresh? Uh, I mean, summer summer we sort of are, you know, honestly pitching more than you are in season sometimes because we've got we've got quite a few pitchers on the staff here at Mizzou. But uh, during our during our fall this year, we were in more of a competitive format because with COVID, we had a we had a really large team in the fall, which is uncharacteristic of of our program. But we had to go into like a competition mode in the fall instead of development type of fall. Uh, but winter we're we actually do work a lot on stamina we do we run a lot we do a lot of conditioning stuff like that uh, but winter's you know the most relaxed time going home I focus almost strictly on you know trying to throw hard but at the same time give my arm a little bit of time to recover in order to ramp up for the season gotcha uh, but yeah just trying to lift weights as heavy as possible as fast as possible it's sort of my on my own approach. And then mm-hmm. with the team, it's a little bit more conditioned than I, than I do when I'm on my own, but you know, we get through it and it's for the best. And one of the pinnacles of baseball in college, at least is the sec and you're fortunate enough and you earned the position to play in the sec. And we got to talk about what it's like playing down there because it is a whole different animal than, you know, a couple other conferences in the country that may not get the kind of respect that the SEC gets. You're playing in stadiums that look like minor league ballparks. Some, I'm not going to go as far as saying major league ballparks, but minor league ballparks, the SEC has some really nice places to play. And, you know, besides Mizzou, because you can't be a homer with this one, where's your favorite place to play in the SEC? Uh, I mean, I'm really looking forward to, uh, I believe we go to Mississippi State this year. And, you know, Duty Noble is definitely, definitely one of the, the higher, you know, echelons of fields in the SEC but I mean really it's just about the uh the competition that you're playing against every day it, I mean it doesn't matter really what field you're playing at we've got limited capacity so you know the crowd is not really a big a big deal as it usually would be in a season but uh just you know knowing that you don't really have a gap you don't have the bomb half the order that you can take off no matter what you've got a, a guy that can you know hurt you if you miss so just staying locked in no matter what part you're what part of the order you're in yeah you know you go from a place, at least in Missouri, I know it's snowing there today. We got to talk a little bit about this terrible weather that we're, we're both kind of going through. But what's the weather difference you think going to be like? I, I know you're from Duluth, so you know what it's like probably to play in the summer up there. What do you think is a difference temperature-wise between playing down there and then coming up to Duluth and playing in the summer? Oh, I mean, I, I love the, uh, the Duluth summers. I think it's tough to beat that weather having – you know, some days it'll be a little cold, obviously playing on the water out Wade, but, uh, you know, that's 75 and sunny getting up to like 85 on a hot day. You know, that's really nice down here. Uh, our summers get a, it's, it's not that much hotter, but it's far more humid. And like the moment it rains here, it's humid for like the next two days. So you're just drenched in sweat. If it's 85 plus like no feel for the baseball, unless you have like three towels with you. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> you know, p- pitching where I'm pitching where I'm comfortable is definitely something I'm really looking forward to this, this summer. And I honestly thought that when I got there that I would be taller than most of the ballplayers there, but I think you may have about half an inch on me. You're six, <laughs> six. So how do you use your body when you're on the mound, to, you know, work around batters? Does that, do you think that plays an intimidation factor when you're, you know, you're looking down at guy, I mean, you're already on a bump. I mean, I'm not exactly sure how tall the mound is at Mizzou, but you're already on a bump. And then you look down, you're already 6'6". How do you feel like um, – excuse me, how do you feel hitters feel when you're on the mound? I mean, I definitely go for a little bit of a intimidation type thing. You know, I – you know, I'm not like growling at batters and stuff like that, <laughs> but I'm not – I'm definitely not smiling at them up on the mound. Uh, but I definitely do use my size my advantage a little bit. That's one of my – one of my qualities I know I've got, if I don't have a fastball on a day, I've got, you know, a seven foot extension. I'm releasing the ball seven feet in front of the mound that I am than the average pitcher is six feet. So, you know, if I'm having a bit of an off day and I'm throwing, you know, 88, 89, I still know that's playing like a 92, 93 mile an hour fastball. So that's always nice to have in your back pocket. Just, Hey, you know, we can still get the job done today. 
and you're from Duluth Marshall High School, and it's yep. really cool. You were able to play at the Wade for your home games. So what's it like to come home? Oh, I mean, it, it's great to come home. I've been playing on that field for a while. You know, I love that field. It's a, it's a comfortable spot for me. Won a lot of games on that field as we had a, a really strong program there through through my few years in high school. But, you know, I mean, just playing on that field that you sort of grew up on, you know, made a ton of friends, guys I'm still playing with. Actually, I'm one of our uh, teammates here for the Huskies was one of my teammates in high school as well, Peter Hansen. Mm. So uh, really looking forward to getting back onto that diamond. And now you come back, but you also played for that high school team. Then you obviously got recruited and you were a pretty big recruit out of high school. So what played some key factors into picking Missouri? And was there other schools that you were like, eh, I might have to go there. I might have to go there as well. Um, What played the key factors in picking the Tigers? Uh, I sort of had a big velocity jump during uh, right before my junior year of high school, sort of that summer. And so I went from, you know, never hearing from a single Division One school to throwing in one tournament and, you know, not being able to put my, down my phone for a week. Yeah. So I was sort of trying to filter through schools. And obviously the SEC was, you know, it's a huge deal for baseball. So they they really, you know, uh, were they – sorry – uh, they were sort of a spotlight in there. And so I went on my visit here and, you know, it's really a, it's a blue collar type mentality. You, you have to work for everything you get, you know, I mean, it's not going to be a, Hey, great job today. When you, when you have a bad game, pat you on the back, it's a, uh, you know, we, we get after it pretty good. So just that workman mentality was a huge part in my, my decision to come here. And if there are any other Duluth high schoolers that are listening to the podcast for your episode, because I feel like you make, one of the most intriguing guys to listen to on the team, you know, just because you're a your hometown guy. Let's talk about your recruiting a little bit more. And you said you had that one tournament all of a sudden, and you know, you just started getting hit up. For players that are listening to this that are in high school, what can they expect? Because a lot of people probably aren't going to be getting D1 offers right off the bat. So what was yours like? Did you start getting D1 offers first? Like, were you a special, you know, kind of scenario in that way? Or were you getting like smaller offers that say D3, D2 first? Uh, I mean, I, I hit my velo jump pretty early. I worked really hard in the weight room during my sophomore winter. I decided to stop playing hockey that year. I broke my, my arm my eighth grade year, and then freshman year sort of was dealing with, dealing with that the whole time, decided, you know what, let's, let's focus on baseball here. I think I've got a better shot. Uh, I think I put on about 40 pounds after lifting wow. that whole winter, and that set me up to have a good summer. Went from, I think, about 81 on my fastball to top at 91 about three months later. Uh, so I got an invite to pitch in a tournament through actually the, the prep baseball report guys. And that it was, a it's called the future games tournament, which you have to be, uh, an uncommitted player to play in it. And then it attracts a lot of, a lot of scouts for colleges. And it's this big sort of baseball festival where you're playing just other teams that are representing their state. Our team was, I believe, Minnesota, Iowa, and Nebraska. Uh, players from those three states and everybody on our team pretty much went from, you know, uncommitted to just shooting up and committing, you know, that week or a month later after they went on their visits, their schools that they got attention to from that. And obviously you ended up picking Missouri ultimately, but you chose them over a school that a couple people might be hurt that you didn't end up picking. You did not pick Minnesota. How come we didn't go with the Gophers? Yeah, my grandpa's one of those one of those people that I I'd imagine was kind of hurt by that. He he was a, a football player there when they won their national okay. championship back in uh sixty and sixty one. Uh, but you know it it was a great fit. I thought it was it was great. But I mean, eventually, what kind of just won me over was sort of that that you know prospect of playing in the in the southeastern conference that won me over. And then hopefully this will be the last baseball question, or I guess it's not necessarily a question. It's more of a asking you to tell a story you were drafted you're drafted in the 38th round of the 2019 MLB draft by the Orioles so I'm just going to sit back and let you tell a story because I want people to hear the story yeah I mean that was that was pretty interesting I I knew I was getting I was getting contacted by some scouts and stuff like that so I knew there was a chance I'd, I'd hear my name called and funnily enough the the same guy from the event I was talking about from my going into my junior year uh, his name was Dan Durst with the 
with the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, I guess I'll come back to that. But I was at practice, you know, and it was day three of the draft. I'd had my had my phone near me the whole time. I just refreshed the page right after practice got done. You know, my name was the top top name on the list. Sort of refreshed again, like, oh my gosh, did I see that correctly? <laughs> and so that was pretty that was pretty fun. You know, ran up to my coach. I'm just like, coach, I got drafted. <laughs> like that was that was back with Coach Wickland. He's coaching at Denfield now. But uh that was definitely a really fun moment. Um and then, you know, it was a late round pick, so I wasn't wasn't really expecting any money, sort of like a, a feather in the cap type of thing. But uh, they failed to sign one of their other high-round um, high school picks. Actually, I believe it was Connor Prelip. He's at Alabama now. But they failed to sign him. So a couple days later, I got a call from uh, Dan Durst, the guy from guy from the PBR event, and just saying, hey, like, you got time to sit down for some lunch. Like, he drove from Chicago to Duluth, you know, sat down, talked to me about the organization. Um, just sort of sort of worked with me just saying like these are your options like we're, we're going to make you an offer and you know I'd recommend going to college it is a late round draft pick but you definitely have the option to go go play in the minor leagues here if you'd like. So we, we talked a little bit before the podcast and we talked about how a late round pick can end up being redrafted somehow from what I understand you were talking about. Um, talk to us about that because I feel like that may be confusing to some because you said that it's different from hockey. Yep, it's a bit different from hockey. Um, baseball's, I mean, to me, it feels normal. I'm sure to more of a hockey area, it's a little weird. But uh, you get drafted, you can get drafted out of your senior high school, and that allows you to sign or go to the college that you committed to. But if you don't sign, then it pretty much takes, I mean, it doesn't take away the draft pick, but you're no longer associate, associated with that program or with that organization. So then you go and play your college ball. Um, and if you go to a four-year, it's when you turn 21, you're draft eligible again. So you can be a draft eligible sophomore if you're an old sophomore. Or it's uh, at the end of your junior season, uh, whatever comes first. And then there's more stuff when you get into junior college. Junior college guys are eligible immediately. We saw that sort of with Bryce Harper going to junior college when he was 17, then becoming the first overall pick um, to skip two years of high school, stuff like that. But you know, there's a bunch of little stuff in there, but the main thing is after your junior year in a four-year or when you turn 21. Okay. And so let's just say enough about baseball because why would we talk about baseball on a baseball-themed podcast? If you, if <laughs> you aren't playing baseball or you're not working out anymore because I'm sure you're still in the weight room. You said you gained a lot of weight in a good way, obviously in a good way. But if you're not playing baseball or in the weight room now, what are some of your favorite things to do? Uh, favorite things to do. Uh, I mean, I live I live in a row of apartments here with a bunch of baseball guys, so we're kind of hanging out whenever whenever we're not doing stuff with the team. So that's always it's always a good thing. Uh, you know, sort of just go hang out. <laughs> I mean, we hang out at the field, play some spike ball stuff like that. Obviously, that's still kind of baseball related. <laughs> but uh, got a pretty close knit group of guys here, so we're always we're always finding something to do together. And what's the culture difference like from Missouri to Duluth, uh, whether it's the people, the atmosphere, all of the above? Uh, it's pretty similar, actually. I mean, if we're getting more in depth, I guess, like team wise, obviously, I mean, the difference is simply just playing college or in high school to just the intensity level and the speed to it. But I mean, you know, Missouri's a, I wouldn't call it a very similar area to Minnesota, but it, it's not really, it's still. I'd describe it as like a Midwest type of feeling. So just a bit more farmland. Yeah, it seems like Missouri is one of the, I mean, it is one of the northernmost SEC schools. But yep. obviously you're from Duluth. So you've spent the terrible winters up there because I'm from Ann Arbor and I don't even know what the winter is like up there. And I'm assuming it's even worse than what it is here. But I'm assuming you've also spent a winter down in Missouri now because you've been in school for two years. What are the winter differences between the two? Well, I mean, back home, we, I don't know if Marshall's gotten on the field yet this year with, with the snow Duluth is getting. So, you know, back, uh, back home, it was, you know, sometimes October, you, you're going into indoor training. And then, you know, I think May is when we were getting back out on the field. And here we had a two week stretch in January that we were practicing out on the field in seven degree weather. Then of course the next week it was 30 degrees from the week after it was 70. We've got, we've got pretty interesting winters here. It's, trying to pick between summer and winter and it 
it can't make up its mind. Now, being from Minnesota and probably the northernmost point in Minnesota, are you a Twins fan or are you a Brewers guy? Either. I'm more of a Twins guy than a Brewers okay. guy. You know, I'm not a huge uh, buying to a team type of thing. Uh, we've got a, a fantasy baseball league with my family that I, you know, get into get into the players that are on my team a little bit, but you know, try to avoid uh, buying into one team completely. So what would it have meant for you to play for the Twins? Well, I guess be drafted by the Twins. I know the Orioles is obviously a big deal, but if let's just say you are a Twins fan, what would it have meant to you if you were drafted by the Twins? Oh, I mean, obviously it'd be it'd be really fun to go to your go to your home state, be able to represent your home state. But I mean, at at that point, it's sort of you know, the goals, goals to play in the, in the MLB. So, you know, whoever, whoever wants you, you're going to be happy there. So yeah, true, true. And you're certainly on the right track to do so. And it seems like you've got quite the power arm with the high fastball and really good speed on uh, PBR. You can find Ben Peterson's stats, anything from his, uh, from his, what would you call these events, uh, events at PBR. But um, you got a power arm, good off speed. And now you're going to bring that to Duluth. So what are one of the things that you look most forward to improving on when you play for the Huskies? Uh, I'm really looking forward to just getting back into that, uh, you know, not, not a relaxed format, but, you know, not uh, – it's just a different, different atmosphere with that program than we have here. Just sort of really looking forward to getting into the summer. I'm, I'm hoping at some point, you know, maybe getting a chance to – getting a chance to be a starting pitcher again. You know, I love doing that in high school. I feel like I've got a, you know, pretty big, pretty durable body that I can I can handle that. Um, but then uh, the last thing would just be developing my changeup more because when my changeup's on, it's my best pitch. But when it's off, it's it's pretty ugly. So <laughs> developing that a little bit more, I'm really looking forward to getting into. And if you had to put a quantitative amount on it, how high would you be say that you'd be able to go both in fastball speed and how many pitches that you'd be able to throw in a game? If you were to go, harder, I mean. If I was to be a starter, uh, I mean, we had my best fastball I recorded was last spring uh, in our indoor. I was thrown up to 96 against one of our uh, one of our seniors on our team, which I didn't even see the radar gun for it. He just came up to me after. He's like, oh, yeah, you hit a 96 against me. It's like, oh, I did not know that. So the fastest one I've seen is 95. But he claims a 96, but I can't really call it official since I haven't seen it myself. An unofficial um, 96. An unofficial 96. We'll call it that. Um, but then, uh, starting, I mean, high school with Marshall, I think I was going, I think I threw 70 innings my junior year in, you know, that two month season, pretty much going seven innings every, however quickly the pitch count would let, would let me. And I had no issues with that. So I'm really looking forward to getting back into that. And I think my arm felt the healthiest when I was, when I was doing it like that sort of, mm-hmm. you know, obviously it's stressful on your arm, but having good routine, good good structure like that's a huge part in keeping a healthy arm and for those of you that are listening that don't want to put in the effort to find ben stats ben correct me if i'm wrong this is from missouri's website at duluth marshall your uh in your junior season you were 18 and 1 with a 0.45 era as a starter correct uh i'm not i don't believe that 18 and 1 is correct because we only played uh most our record that year I think we were 22 and five, maybe. I, I do not think I started 17 games <laughs> that year, though, or whatever the number was. That seems a bit <laughs> bit excessive. I think that might have been my high school career. Okay. Or no, I think I was I think I was 11 and one. You got you got it's my senior year. My senior year, I think I was 10 and 0. You got you got to get your Missouri guys on this website back on track then, because if you only played 23 games and you had you started 19 of them, your coach your coach is up <laughs> to get you, man. Hey, I I love Coach Wick. So, well, hey Ben, I certainly appreciate you coming on, um, giving all things Duluth, Missouri. But I always leave everyone with the same question, and it's what's one team that you look most forward to beating this summer with Duluth? Uh, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm gonna have to look a little bit into the into the rosters because I know I've got a few buddies playing in the league, but I know I've got a one of my friends I used to play travel with, with the Minnesota Blizzard program that's playing with the, the St. Cloud team. So I'm really looking forward to uh, playing okay, against them. Okay, so the Mud Puppies is your answer. That's the first Mud Puppies answer that we've gotten. Everyone right. else has been Thunder Bay, but then Thunder Bay cut their season. So obviously no Thunder Bay this year. But, hey, Ben, thank you so much for coming on, man. And I'm excited to get to meet you when you come up and keep doing great things down there at Mizzou. Thank you. I'm excited to get back. A big-bodied kid that's straight from the Northland in Duluth, 
that'll hopefully come over here and do some damage on the mound coming off of a, a strong showing a couple times here for the Tigers in the spring. And now that'll move us forward to talking to Caden Griffin, and he is the one that had to deal with Tommy John surgery. And unfortunately, Caden hasn't had much playing time this season, pretty much all because of that surgery that he's had to have. And rehab for Tommy John takes a long time. But hopefully he'll be able to work on that arm when he comes over to Duluth and provide some really good innings for the Huskies. So without further ado, let's talk to our second guest, Caden Griffin. The second Missouri Tiger that's joined me on this episode is Caden Griffin, another pitcher, this time left-handed. Caden, how's the left arm doing? Doing pretty good. And you're doing well yourself as well. Absolutely. And uh, you're also down in Missouri, so let's just start with the recruiting. You're from Canada, which is not necessarily known as the baseball country of the world, but uh, it's a bit of a hockey, a bit of a hockey place over in Ontario. But what was your recruiting like going to play baseball and now you're at Missouri? My recruiting, it was kind of a weird series of events. I, um, I normally, I played hockey local or I played baseball locally in Ottawa, which is where I'm from. It's just North in Ontario. And, uh, you know, I played for a local team, and then I got a call from a team in Toronto, the Ontario Blue Jays, and they asked if I wanted to play. So I'm like, sure, of course. You guys are going down the States playing tournaments, which I've never done before. So uh, decided to go, went to a couple of U.S. tournaments, uh, saw some players that played baseball that I've never seen before. I've never seen a guy throw over 85. I've never seen a guy throw mm-hmm. 90. And all of a sudden, there's like a 1,000 guys down in the States that can do that. So, you know, playing at these tournaments was kind of crazy and eye-opening for me. Um, as far as recruiting went, I did pretty well in a couple of tournaments and, uh, I got some attention from a couple other smaller schools and I decided to wait a little bit to see if I was going to get anything more. And then, uh, coach Fred Corral at the university of Missouri called me and I'm, I'm like, Mizzou, I have no idea where Mizzou is. And obviously I don't know much about <laughs> the United States colleges. Right. So he called me, he's like, Hey, I'm really interested. I'd love to get you down here at Missouri to kind of view the uh, facilities. And I was like, Sure. I mean, I guess that sounds cool. Went down here, did a little research before, and I'm like, SEC, that sounds pretty cool. Went down here, and the facilities are, I mean, I've never seen it before. You know, being from Canada, the colleges in Canada for sports are nothing compared to the United States. So coming down here and seeing, you know, we, oh, you know, after workouts, you get protein shakes. And I'm like, okay, well, that's pretty cool. And then the facility's all turf. And uh, we got batting cages, a workout facility. We have a student center where you can do your homework. It was pretty cool. So I was pretty sold after that. So that's how uh, I decided to become a Missouri Tiger. And what was there ever a, you know, a tough decision that you had to make? Was it always Missouri or were there any other schools that were pretty involved with you? I, uh, it, was, it was actually kind of a tough decision in a sense. I had uh, West Virginia and uh, Central Florida that were kind of in my, in my sights. Um, you know, so that would have been one heck of a travel for you to go, from, <laughs> to go from Ottawa all the way to Orlando. I would not want to drive that. So I was, uh, you know, it was, I mean, the coaches are all good. I mean, I've, I haven't met a coach who's been a bad guy to me personally. So it was a little bit tough, but, uh, you know, looking at Fred Corral's resume with the pitchers and stuff and I'm, and I'm like, this is technically a pitching school. I, I really, I couldn't make any other decision at that point. And how have you found the atmosphere to be at Missouri? We talked a little bit before the pod that people are a little bit different. Maybe the feel of being down south compared to up in Canada is a bit different. But what's the atmosphere like down there? The atmosphere, I'd probably, for me, it's a little bit foreign in a sense. Because I'm used to, you know, hanging out with the hockey guys. It's a totally different atmosphere. You know, they act different. And then I come here and there's guys from Texas, California, you know, Louisiana, Georgia. And I'm like, these guys have totally different lives besides, you know, playing baseball. And it's nothing like living in Canada, in a sense. And, uh, you know, it's kind of funny because I could relate to Ben Peterson in a way. He's a little bit more of a northern guy. So, I mean, um, you know, atmosphere, I'd probably say for me at the start was a little bit foreign. I wasn't used to it. Guys coming from all over the place. But I mean, honestly, I love it. And what's that like to be able to go back up to Duluth? Maybe Ben will be able to show you a place or two, because I'm assuming you guys play on the same team. You guys got to be friendly with each other. You may not be friends. Maybe you are. But he gets to show you up there. And what's that like to be able to go with someone that you're probably comfortable with? 
I'm, I'm extremely excited. I know I'm usually pretty squirmish when it comes to, you know, going to new places on my own. Um, I'm kind of an introverted guy in a sense, but you know, having been there, I know Ben, I'm friends with Ben. I think it's, I think it's me great because it's his hometown. So, you know, he'll get me acquainted with the, the whole, uh, Duluth thing. Okay. Okay. And now hockey is pretty much everything in Canada. Were were you a hockey guy growing up? Uh, my dad wanted me to be a hockey guy. Um, (laughs) it's kind of weird because my dad from the ages of six on thought I was going to be the next hockey guy. And I think that's every parent's thing up in Canada. It's like, Oh, this, this, my kid's going to be the next Sidney Crosby. And I think probably thought that for a little bit until uh, I got old enough to where I was like, I don't like hockey, to be honest. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he tried to put me in golf and I'm like, uh, that's just too slow. It's even slower mm-hmm. than baseball. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm like 12 years old and I'm like, there's no way I'm playing golf. And then uh, he got me into karate. I don't know why. He was just trying to get me in anything. And then you one are summer. Multi-sport athlete, man. I got seven sports. I'm I'm all ready to go. <laughs> your extracurriculars on your college resume <laughs> must have looked superb. <laughs> White belt karate, not a big deal. <laughs> and now uh, you you went from being in a hockey culture at least you might not have played hockey, but yeah. you went to a couple of CFL games. We talked a little bit about this. Football is a massive thing in the South. I understand you went to your first couple actual games in the fall. Yeah, no, I mean. I, I have watched CFL games before and coming down here and watching, I know I was watching the LSU versus Mizzou game where Mizzou beat LSU surprisingly. And I was watching it and just the atmosphere here was, I mean, I, even at hockey games, you don't, you don't really see that. So many people, everyone's yelling, everyone's singing. It's actually pretty cool. And Missouri isn't even close to the biggest stadium down there. So can you imagine going to a place like A&M? Absolutely. I mean, that would be even more insane. I know uh, I went to uh, LSU to go play in a tournament and we drove by their football stadium. And I was like, oh, my gosh, the size of that thing. Because I believe well, LSU has the record for decimal amount. That's, uh, that They broke the decimal amount record um, a while ago. And I think they bro- had an earthquake, like the, the seismometer had an earthquake registered right where the stadium was when they beat Miami a long time ago. <laughs> you believe something like that. <laughs> That's so insane. I I mean, I've never seen it before, but coming down here and actually like, I know Missouri's not the top, but even then, like in, in my comparison, it's pretty insane for sure. And now let's go back to baseball for a little bit and then, then we'll go back to the personal stuff because maybe sure. some people only want to talk about the baseball stuff because this is a baseball themed podcast, right? So. Sure. Let's talk about your pitches. What are some of the things that are in your arsenal? What's your best pitch, worst pitch? What do you have to work on? Um, I'd say my best pitch is my fastball. I know uh, when I played uh, travel ball up in Canada, playing against another other Canadian players, there was not that much competition. So I heavily relied on my fastball, you know, to get outs and stuff. And then coming down to the States, and I'm like, there's people that can actually hit my fastball down here. Mm-hmm. So I'd say my second best pitch would probably be my curveball. It's probably the one I've worked on the most besides my fastball. And then my changeup is it's good, but it definitely needs some work for sure. And you and Ben, I believe so far that I've had on the podcast are the first switch batter and throwers. And now you bat right-handed, but you pitch left-handed. Yeah. How did you come around finding that out? How, like what went into the decision to be like, eh, I'm going to start batting right-handed. <laughs> I know um, when I was, uh, my dad wanted me to play hockey. He shot right-handed. So it's kind of like swinging the bat from the right side. Mm-hmm. And uh, he gave me his stick. And okay. I would practice with that thing. And all of a sudden, it, it just became second nature. And then going into golf, doing the practicing with golf, I shot right. And then I guess the hitting. I mean, I'm, it's kind of weird how it works, but that's how, uh, that's how it came to be. And now for baseball, I, I mean, you may not think that it's a very big thing in Canada, but when I look at numbers like this that say ranked as Ontario's number three left-handed pitching prospect and number 10 overall prospect, like I said, you may not think of it as all that because you said the competition wasn't great. It was good, yeah. but it wasn't great. But putting into real perspective, those numbers are incredible. Mm-hmm. So how did, like, how did you feel to have that kind of recognition around your name? 
it was pretty crazy. It all it all happened so fast. I know um, I kind of came out of the blue. Ottawa's not a baseball town, but um, well, I mean, any Canadian city is not really a baseball town per se. But Toronto would probably be the biggest baseball town, and then some places in British Columbia. But uh, coming into the scene in Toronto and getting that kind of recognition within such such a short period of time was absolutely insane. I went from thinking I was just going to be playing baseball for fun to getting an opportunity to play in college, which is something I never expected. And the SEC is no pushover when it comes to baseball because the pinnacle pretty much of college baseball is right where you are now. Yes. Um, it may not be exactly Missouri, but <laughs> now you see teams like Mississippi State and all of a sudden you're just like, oh, they've been good, right? Vanderbilt, they've been good. Um, mm-hmm. It's like back-to-back, number one and number two, but certainly – no pushover at all as a Missouri Tiger. And what has your time been like there? I understand you haven't gotten to play much, but this is your first season. And so maybe it's a bit understood because you're a freshman. Mm-hmm. I know uh, at the start of this year, I had, uh, I was pretty much just out of my brace. So I was doing some rehab stuff with the physiotherapy staff here, you know, finally get, get my glove back on to start throwing. And I know coming into the second semester, I knew I wasn't going to get any time because I'm still kind of working my way back. But uh, towards the end of this semester, I'm throwing now and it's starting to look like I was before, which I'm very excited about. Because for a long time, I thought I was not going to be back where I was before. And we talked about this a little bit and you're comfortable talking about it. You had to have Tommy John. Yep. And so I believe you're the first player on here that's had to deal with that and had to talk about it because I'm going to make you talk about it. So. <laughs> Let, let's. I'm going to sit back. I'm going to let you tell the story of how it happened, what your recovery was like, and where you're at now compared to where you were before you had that surgery. Alrighty. So, in the summer of last year, in about July, I uh, I was playing in a tournament with the East Coast Sandhogs, which is a team down in Pennsylvania, and this is the first time I played with an American team, and I kind of wanted to show up because. The coach that was coaching Paul McGloin was pretty well known, and he's a Philly scout. So I'm trying to be the you know the the big man on campus in that sense. So I had, I had been dealing with some forearm stiffness, never thought much of it, and no one ever really was concerned. But uh, went from there through my first game, and I'm normally like 89, 92. And um, he had me at 83 to 85. And I'm like, there's no way. Maybe I wasn't drinking enough water or I was trying to find something. Mm-hmm. And my forearm was killing. And I'm like, it's got to be a forearm strain. And I went to the coach and I'm like, hey, my forearm is absolutely killing me. And he's like, oh, it's definitely a forearm strain. You don't need to worry about it. And then um, and he's like, if it gets worse, then we're definitely going to have to shut you down. And we're going to have to get you an MRI. So w- later in the tournament, I had an opportunity to pitch again. And I threw and hurt a little bit in the bullpen. And I'm like, okay, perfect. He's feeling a little bit better. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to absolutely kill it. About five pitches in, I threw a fastball at 77 miles an hour. And I felt a huge pop in my elbow. And I'm like, no, this can't be it. So mm-hmm. I called time and a uh, coach went out and I'm like, my, I don't know what happened, but something popped and it's absolutely hurting. And he's like, that pitch was read at 77 miles an hour. Was that a changeup? And I'm like, no, I tried to throw a fastball as hard as I could. And he's like, that's not okay. So they pulled me out, um, went home. I was uh, kind of down in the dumps because I was like, well, and I felt like it was pretty much over at that point. I know I was going to Missouri. I thought I was going to lose my scholarship. I thought I was not going to be able to play on the team. Mm-hmm. And um, got my MRI back, uh, complete tear. So uh, mine was a little bit of a weird uh, circumstance where my UCL, which is the ligament in your elbow that, that tears for Tommy John, was uh, completely separated on both bones. Got Tommy John about a month later. Um, spent about six months or uh, four months without throwing. And the rehab was hard because I lost a bunch of weight. I lost a bunch of strength and just trying to be able to, you know, move my fingers again because they had to move my nerve and, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, trying to get back to even writing. Like I couldn't write for a bit. I'm like, wow, this is, this is definitely not going as well as I planned. But then it all kind of came into light after I finished my rehab and I was starting to throw again. It felt a little bit better. And I know the coaches here at Missouri were super, uh, super excited to have me here. Even with, even with Tommy John, they were just like, you know, we're going to get you here. We're going to get you rehab. We're going to get you back on the field. So I know uh, coming here, 
you know, we had a guy, Matt Ridgway, which is a physio guy that kind of dealt with me. He, he led me through my whole program. And now where I'm at now, I'm, I'm right around 90, 91. Um, still trying to work out some things with my mechanics and stuff. And I feel like there's still some room in the tank, which I'm kind of excited for. But as of right now, I'm super excited to get back on the mound. So let's talk about timeline a little bit. When did you, when exactly did you find out that you're, you needed this surgery? Uh, I found out in July. So the, of this um, past year. Yeah, of this past year. So July and then got the surgery early August. Okay. Um, and then four months and then came here and then did all my rehab and stuff. And so now you're, you're pretty much back and you haven't necessarily got the opportunity to throw, but let's just say you got to take them out today. Would yeah. you be comfortable stepping up there and throwing your typical pitch amount at, you know, the mile per hour limit that you usually would like to? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I feel that right now. I know it's a little bit tough because they don't really want to put me in a game situation against, you know, Vanderbilt or Georgia because we play so many good teams. Right. And they don't, they don't want to put me out against Vanderbilt and have me get shellacked. So absolutely. I'd be, so I've been working, you know, just in the facilities and stuff and throwing against live hitters while they're traveling. And it's it's been feeling real good. And then again, you're only a freshman, so you certainly have time to get out there and knock it slapped by Vanderbilt um, mm-hmm. with about three more years. Because you were a 2020 graduate, so you are a fresh freshman. And yeah. you may be able to be a freshman next year as well if they, they allow you to have your COVID eligibility back. But yeah. now let's go personal. Let's go personal. Sure. You're from Canada. Are the Blue Jays your team or do you got a different squad? Um, I, I would definitely say the Blue Jays are my team. I know that kind of sounds a little bit cliche, but I know I've watched a bunch of games with the Blue Jays and I, I continue to watch them. So I'd probably say the Blue Jays are my guys. Wait, the Tigers are my team and I only live about 45 minutes away from the ballpark. So I, I wouldn't say it's too cliche. You grew up around it. <laughs> but uh, if you had a favorite ball player, who, who are you rocking with? Favorite ball player? I'm going to go with Josh Donaldson. Okay. This may sound a little bit, but I know that playoff run, I believe it was in 2016. I was like, I know he's not a pitcher, but I think just the way he carried himself around the field and how well he did and how everyone in Toronto and across Canada had loved him. I, I fell in love with him too. So like I said, you were a hockey fan. I'm assuming you're a hockey fan too. Are yeah. the Senators your team? Cause I've never met a Senators fan before. And I'm definitely not a Senators fan. No, nope. <laughs> you're definitely not a Senators fan. I know I've been to a bunch of games there. I know for students to get $10 tickets. So I go to watch it with my buddies every couple of times, but the Maple Leafs are my guys. So it's pretty much a consensus answer across all the Canadian guys I've ever met. <laughs> Leafs are their team. So where, tell me where Ottawa gets their fans from. Is it just students that go for the cheap tickets? Oh, 100%. I know we've, uh, we're actually doing a little bit better this year. I mean, compared to last year, but still we just don't have the talent i think it's kind of one of those down years i know they're the way that are or the place that our stadium's in like just like location wise kind of doesn't really allow many fans to come because it's kind of in a weird spot in the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. so they're kind of having some tough times getting fans over so with the the students and the ten dollar tickets you get all the students going there okay and that's kind of funny <laughs> you can get a ticket for the huskies for a dollar less then you would go and go into an Ottawa Senators game because I believe tickets are nine dollars for us. But there you go. Um, let's talk weather. I talked the same thing with Ben Peterson, and he said it's only a little bit of a difference. And just you know, I'm playing with you because he's yeah. from Duluth, and then he went over to Missouri, and it's obviously different. So, what is your perception of the difference in weather between being in Canada, which is probably even colder than Duluth, yeah, and then going down to Missouri for the for the school year? It was funny because um, I believe it was when I came back, I came back in January, right? And it was, there was snow on the ground and stuff. As soon as it hit February and there was no snow on the ground, I was like, oh my God, am I in Florida? <laughs> so I no, no, but like in Canada, like I know talking to my parents, I talk to them rather frequently every day. And, you know, I, in the background, I see the snow on the ground while I'm sitting there in shorts. So it was pretty crazy for me. Well, okay, let's talk about this then because I'm from Michigan and I think 40 degrees is enough for me to go outside and wear shorts. <laughs> so you're I, from Canada yeah. and there has got to be a difference between that. So I'm wondering at what temperature, or I don't even know, maybe you guys don't even use Fahrenheit because um, yeah. I think you guys use 
Celsius in Canada. Eighty Celsius. I do have some idea on Fahrenheit. I know fair. I know forty degrees is kind of chilly. If thirty-two is freezing, so thirty-two <laughs> zero in Celsius. Um, mm-hmm. So let's talk Celsius because I have my computer here and I can find it. At what temperature is it shorts weather for you? I would say um, anywhere above. It's been cold all winter, and there's one day where it's over five degrees. You'll not see one man in pants. Okay, five degrees. Let's let's see here. So that's forty-one degrees Fahrenheit. So exactly so what I said. Same as you. Yeah. So any, it's so funny because after the winter, if it's above five degrees, you will not see one person in <laughs> pants. And it's really funny because, you know, we go into the summer and then go right into the fall. And it's maybe 13, anywhere from 13 to 17 degrees. And everyone's mm-hmm. all bundled up. But as soon as the winter, and it gets a little bit warmer, warmer after winter, everyone's wearing shorts. I, I think it just has to do with their leaves <clears throat> changing. There, there's some kind of perception that all of a sudden it's cold. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Degrees in Celsius is about 55, 56. So, it's weird. Yeah, that is quite weird. That's kind of funny that you guys use Celsius because I was not even thinking at all about that <laughs> until I figured out that you were from Canada. <laughs> Absolutely. But now you come back to Duluth, I guess not come back, but you go up to Duluth and what are some of the things that you're looking most forward to doing? Playing baseball again, for sure. I haven't pitched in a long time and I know uh, getting the opportunity to play in, in front of a bunch of fans and playing with Ben and all that stuff is going to be, is going to be very exciting. I'm going to love that the most. I know uh, being away from pitching has kind of done a little bit to me. And now that I, that I have the opportunity to play, it's going to be very exciting. And now if you had your opportunity to do a really good sales pitch on this episode <coughs> for ticket sales, because tickets go on sale on May 4th, which is in uh, – how many days are in April? There, there's 30 I days. Think it's 30, yeah. 30 days in April. So we got 14 days until ticket – so I, I want to hear your <laughs> ticket pitch to people who, who are, like, looking forward to buying tickets. What's, let's hear your pitch. I'm going to sit back and listen to it. My pitch – what would I say? Um, I mean, we got a lot of good players. Certainly. I've seen some of these players, and they're pretty good. What I would probably say is, I mean, if you're looking for really good baseball, you probably want to go to Duluth. We got a ton of guys. Mm-hmm. And I know we, I saw an Arkansas guy, and I saw a couple of Fresno State guys in the emails, and I was like, we had some real good players coming. So I, it's going to be very exciting. I think we're going to win a bunch of games. So yeah. if that's, if that's good enough of a pitch, I don't really know. I'm not a salesman. So. Hey, we got two guys from Missouri. We got Murray State, Northern Kentucky, Michigan State, Arkansas, Bradley. No pushovers at all. I know they're no. all. Um, it's going to be one heck of a time when we're over there. And I think we talked about this a little bit that you want to improve on your changeup, but if there's anything else that you could work to improve on while you're up there, what are you choosing? I think being a complete pitcher, so being able to field my position, I know that's always been a neglected part of my game, in a sense, because I always relied on just striking guys out. But now when you start working with guys on like guys on base, you're dealing with guys that, are, that can bunt consistently, you deal with some good runners. I think the best thing for me and the thing I need to improve on a lot is being able to handle the game as a pitching sense, not so much throwing the ball, but being able to control the game besides pitching. Okay. And let's talk besides baseball now. You're in Duluth, and let's say we have a couple off days. We have a couple off days now because Thunder Bay isn't there anymore. Mm-hmm. Won't be traveling to Thunder Bay. We'll still have home games on the days that we were supposed to play them against the Mud Puppies, yeah. but, which is a funny name in itself. <laughs> I, I always want to laugh when I say their team. But um, no Border Cats this year. Yeah. Off days, let's just say – you know, Ben knows his way around Duluth. What are some of the things that you're looking forward to doing that don't include baseball? I'm going to go straight to Ben on this one. So I would probably, I think, spend the time with the guys because I think that'd be the best part, you know, making friends. Because I know playing baseball, you make so many friends from different places. I think being able to be with the guys would be great. And I know Ben knows his way way around, so I'll just be following him. <laughs> and they're going – the question I always leave everyone with at the end of these episodes is you get the chance to pitch against one team. You know, you, you get to use your full arm strength for the first time and who knows how long. Yep. And you get one team to pitch against in the Northwoods League to get that W. Who is it going to be? One team. One team. 
I would honestly, I would probably say I know they're disbanded for this year. I would say if the Thundercats or the Border Cats mm-hmm. were playing and I was not playing on them, I know I'd want to be a hundred percent. And I know that's kind of a weird answer, but I know uh, the coach for the Border Cats, uh, Mike Steed, used to coach me in travel ball. So I know oh. it'd be real funny going up against him and beating his team. I think that'd be something that'd be really funny. So the Canadian wants to beat the only Canadian team <laughs> that, that plays in the Northwest League. I make my presence known. That's all I got to do. <laughs> there, there you go. And let's just say the Border Cats don't exist. You get to pick one other team that's actually playing this year. If you had to yeah. pick. Um, hmm. Mud Puppies. And I'm going to say that because the name's funny. And the fact that I could beat the Mud Puppies and I could say that to other people would be very exciting. Uh, that might be some animal cruelty, to be honest. If you <laughs> beat some Mud Puppies, I'd, I wouldn't be along with that. But, hey, Caden, I appreciate you coming on and joining me. You and Ben had the same answer with the Mud Puppies. So there, there's, something, there's something going on down there in, in Missouri. But, hey, man, I appreciate you coming on and spending the time. Absolutely. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Two more Huskies off the checklist on guys that I'm going to be interviewing here heading into the season before May 31st against Waterloo. But again, tickets go on sale on May 4th, so make sure you're on the Huskies website and ready to get your single game individual tickets. I'm not sure exactly how they're going to be doing the ticket sales with groups and such, but make sure you go get your tickets. Like I've said a couple of times now, it's a fantastic group of guys that are coming over and a really talented crew That'll be playing ball games at the Wade. But great to have Ben Peterson and Caden Griffin come on. They have some really busy schedules down in the SEC. They're playing a full-on schedule, almost playing every day, practicing every day. So I appreciate them taking the time out of their busy schedule to come on and give their perspectives on this upcoming season and a couple of things that they like to do when they aren't playing baseball. So for Episode 10, my name is Zach Linfield signing off. And roll skis. We'll head on to Episode 11 here in about a week.